there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Wow, wow. Coming to you from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Sunny Santa Cruz, California. Hey everyone, this is Liza. Is it? And I, and I hope everyone's cheered up a bit since our last episode was a little bit bleak. No, I, I mean, I'm not necessarily certain it's bleak. I think, I think our, uh, our guest in the studio said it got, got a little personal, which I will agree with. We're going to pick it up this week, though. Isn't it circus clowns, motorcycles, and other fun thoughts? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's motorcycles and chocolate this week and how much you can consume without getting sick. Talking of chocolate, did you bring anything nice to eat this Once week? Once was a man from Nantucket <laughs> who carried his wee willy in a bucket. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You were saying, Liza? Oh, no, I'm just sitting back and watching the show, because sometimes it's fun to let it go. Okay. <laughs> Let's get to who is here with us today in the studio, wearing her, what would you call that, aqua blue? Aqua. It's aqua. 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 Blue cowboy hat. Oui. It's Miss Emma. Hello. Mademoiselle Emma. Oui. C'est moi. Merci beaucoup. And je suis dans la maison. Aujourd'hui. Except it's a cowboy hat. Dang! <laughs> what are you got to say all that with a cowboy accent. No, it is simply, it's simply lovely to be here, as it always is. Oh, And joining us for the first time, who has that look of, what have I gotten myself into? I always love that. The first timers are just like... It, it, because when you come and sit down here... In the garage. Oh, shit gets real. It, it's oh, like it's when you get on one of those roller coasters that they don't give you warning. It just suddenly just shoots off and we're you're, going, you're going. Tick, tick, tick. We're going up the incline now. Yeah, you know you shouldn't have got on it. Yeah, join us for the first time. It's Rick. Hello. Good afternoon. And Rick, you have uh, ridden up on a pretty cool little bike out there. Thank you. Uh, yes, I got a 701 Svartpillen. Say that again? A Svartpillen. <laughs> um, <laughs> white oh. arrow. And I actually decided that um, his new last name is Svartpillen, so we can remember who he is. That works for me. Yeah. What does Svartpillen <laughs> He just mean? told you. White arrow. White arrow. I, Svart? Uh, isn't that and the Svartpillen is the black arrow. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. Well, riding up on his equally cool but not so new uh, Honda, it's Naked Jim. Yeah, it's red. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Happy Sunday, fun day. Yeah, summer's here. Springs, spring has sprung. I think everybody's getting out on their bikes. It, I, every we, time I'm out, I see more and more bikes, which is rad. We're so. like we're we're full. It's full summer now. It went from miserable rain to full summer. We're here. Mm -hmm. So yeah, hope everyone else is getting out there and riding. Um, speaking of which, hopefully he went out and rode with his new patch. It's Bagel. <laughs> Greetings. Uh, unfortunately, I had not been out and riding. I've been wrenching on a van. <laughs> what? Oh, that's your, your other pastime. That still seems like biker kind of shit though. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, wrenching it's, on a it's, van. It's, it's, it's biker, uh, uh, you know, it's adjacent, right? It's used to haul, haul things for sure. Well, and I just wanted to um, share uh, uh, interesting news. I don't know if you guys heard about this. Uh, this man in Minnesota named Kai Michelson has uh, It wasn't invented... Mike. No, it was Michael Kyson. Nope, Kai Michelson. He invented a motorcycle <clears throat> that runs on an alternative fuel. 
Okay. Um, I'm going to see if you guys Steam. can guess what fuel it is. Now, I will tell you that it has a 14-gallon keg built into the engine with a heating coil inside. Beer? That is correct. Gin and tonic. Nice. I would prefer... No. Or like yeah, a yeah, gin yeah. mill would be good. He says uh, when the liquid heats up to 300 degrees and then it goes out the nozzles in the back, the beer turns into superheated steam, which provides enough thrust to move the bike forward. He believes that this bike has the potential to go 150 miles per hour. Um, now, would it surprise you that he's, he does not drink? <laughs> um, the only thing is I think it costs about $150 per gallon to run this bike. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's why, not very and, efficient. And why? What what advantage does beer have over water? <laughs> I know. I thought it was funny. It's one of those things. It's like because it sounds like a why uh, an unnecessarily complicated steam engine. It's 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 definitely yeastier. It is yeastier. Yes. Is it, does that provide lubricity? <laughs> lubricity. <laughs> I, I certainly hope so. <laughs> Well, you know what? I love that. I bet you, I bet you the exhaust has a nice smell. They should call Ooh. it the fart pillin. Yeah. Yes. They could. Yes. <laughs> there <you go. laughs> um, so that, that wouldn't be an adjective I'd like describe uh, to describe myself as being yeasty. <laughs> no, <laughs> putting it out there. No, it is that type <laughs> no, of weather, though. Emma's quite yeasty. It is that type of weather. <laughs> well, that's Ooh, yeast pillin. Also, yeast villain. <laughs> the yeast villain is somebody who comes and steals your yeast in the middle of the oh, night. Oh, that's when your seat cover looks like what? It was it like the shout of Turin? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my word. Well, we're trying to have some fun and get it all out because even though last week it was a, um, it was a bit of a somber, not our usual fun episode. I decided to double down and make this the death Just episode part two. Right That's cross. Gonna bring it down oh. again. Well, but you know what? I don't. I don't think this is going to be bringing it down because this one isn't as serious. This is a dealing with the death of the bike. Last week we were talking more about the death, right, right, death right. Of, as a rider, but the death of yeah. a bike is a whole another complex it, thing. It can be not equally discreet as distressing as the death of a friend but i mean it can be very distressing particularly if you're financially a little bit straightened depending on your pocketbook yes you know, it could be quite um, stressful i've never made a secret of pointing out that moto town does have a designated crying area mm. <laughs> where you break the news mm. yes mm. i said go and take a seat in the designated crying area and we'll talk <laughs> Over by that storm drain. Yeah, exactly. By the by, the skeleton and the storm drain. So the, all the misery and tears can <laughs> just flow to the bay. That's right. So I thought we'd also take advantage of having Emma, the mechanic, here to kind of share some stories and answer some questions. But the first question to the group, has anyone here been responsible for the death of a motorcycle or a scooter? Oh, yeah. You have? Yeah. What you, what, well, No, I mean... I've I've crashed a bike sufficiently that it simply wasn't economic to repair them anymore. That was a long time ago. What bike was that? I th want to say it was a Honda 500 Twin. Mm. It wasn't a particularly good bike. But, I mean, I wrecked it so heavily. I mean, it was just, it was done. 
I'm, I'm actually very proud to say that every bike I've ever owned has been passed on to somebody else in some form or the other. Yeah, but they had nervous breakdowns after now, you gave the bike to them. Full disclosure, <laughs> some of the bikes that I got were like free backyard bikes, and I passed them on as free backyard bikes. Yeah, there you go. But um, for the <clears throat> most part, uh, every bike I've I've passed on. I mean, Jim, you've killed some bikes, but... I have some in a uh, state of suspended animation at the yes, moment. I have definitely killed that. some, like dead as like hit by lightning, but they've, they've been resurrected. So the only one that I have that is not currently kind of... that is the uh, DR350, but we're saving that. Um, Jonathan wanted to use that as a project yeah, bike for yeah, something yeah. he's got going on. So, But I have, I have killed, fundamentally killed them like seized engines. That I've done, but well, they've always yes. they've they've continued on. People have gotten them and got them going. I, I remember when I was I think about twenty. Um, I had you know I had never really bought a car or motorcycle of my own. I was still getting the hand me downs from my dad, and I had a VW Rabbit hand me down that got totaled, and um, I got an insurance settlement of twenty five hundred dollars, and I could either buy another car for twenty five hundred dollars or. I bought a car for fifteen hundred dollars and a motorcycle for a thousand. Nice. <laughs> yes. And what was that bike? That bike was a CX five hundred. Okay. Oh, nice. It was really clean. I remember being so proud of it. It was like it wasn't a new bike, but this was, uh, I guess, eight, it was maybe eight years old. You know, um, where it, it was that black tank, you know, with the red stripes on the side. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember it was just so clean and I was so proud of it. And I used to maintain it and clean it. And, and I love that bike so much. And then when I was moving cross country, I had to sell it. I sold it to a coworker who two weeks later totaled it. And he T-boned a car and totaled it. And I was crushed because I had kept that bike alive and, Loved and maintained it. Twas not to be. So when you say total, do you know the ultimate fate, or do you assume that it was off to when the junkyard? When you T-bone, it's <clears throat> usually off to the junkyard. I, know, I just didn't know yeah. if you knew for sure. But, I mean, and I want to make clear throughout this whole conversation, because, I mean, I know a lot of the conversation is going to be with me, just because I've had so much experience around these things, having been a mechanic for so long. The death of a motorcycle is... There's a lot of moving parts there. Yeah. And one of the moving parts is your own circumstances. Because you could argue that no motorcycle ever really needs to die. If you have enough mechanical knowledge or enough depth in your pockets, every, I mean, everything's repairable. I mean, you you could provide me with basically a license plate mm-hmm. frame and say, build me a new bike around that. And you can. It, it, it's like... It, oh, no. Jin sent porn? me a thing. Jin was sent it? me a thing. Well, would you would you like to make sure your phone's turned off, Liza? It was on mute, but apparently YouTube doesn't follow that rule. I see. Oh, I see what he sent me. It's the Honda Elite commercial. Oh, yeah. Adamant. Is that the one with Grace Jones Grace in it? Jones, yes. 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 And Adamant. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. <laughs> I, I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> Grace Jones yeah, and Adam. So, yeah, come on. So, I mean, it's a very, very relative term. And if if we go back oh, yeah. to... I, I was going to say, like, everything in motorcycles is just time and money. It's time and money. And the number one cause of the death of a motorcycle is when the cost of repairing it, either by paying a mechanic, 
buying new parts or paying your best mate and getting used parts exceeds the value of the bike. I hope you don't mind me bringing some Moto Town business into the conversation, but yes, you, no. you had a, a like a Gixxer 750, I want to say, recently yes. with low compression. Yes. And I was curious, maybe with the background on that, and I'm curious the fate of that bike. So this is very, very interesting. So I had two Gixxers on the ramp. Gixxer 600 2007 with very, very low compression on one cylinder. And... Um, <clears throat> I had a conversation with a young man. I'm not going to mention any names. And he bought it knowing that it had quite a sizable tick in the engine. Mm. And you could hear it. It was like, it, was, it wasn't a knock. It was a tick. Oh, it was so a, somebody sold it to him. Cheaply. And he bought it knowing that it made full, that noise. So full disclosure. Okay. Full disclosure, it makes a tick. But it did appear to ride okay. Usually the ad says something like, uh, just needs new oil or just needs a new well, tires. Needs, he ran when I parked it. He got it cheap. He got it cheap. So he'd taken it to a folder roll motorcycle shop who said it's a rod bearing. And that's when I came into the picture because the you know it need it's it's a rod bearing you need to get a new engine. <clears throat> and he wasn't happy with that. And so I said look Bring it down to me. We're not at this stage. We're not even going to take it out the back of your truck. I just want to hear it. And so he pulls up in the truck. And his bike's worth what, like four grand, maybe? Yeah, four five grand. Yeah. Um, so he pulls up in his truck, and we fire up the bike, and I'm like, "That is not a rod bearing." As sure as I'm standing here, that is not a rod bearing. That's a top end noise. So I said, "Look, take it off." Let's agree to two hours diagnostic, two hours labor, and I'll tell you exactly what it is in two hours. And um, so I took everything down, no compression on number four, or should I say very low compression on number four. And I said to him, okay, I said, I'll tell you what, let's go one hour further because we're going to pull the cylinder head off. And I said, normally I charge four hours to pull the head off one of these bad boys. But I'm going to do it for an extra hour because you've got no compression. What you've got in your favor is it was actually kind of hooking up on four and just dropping down to like three, three and a half at idle. But what you've got against you is there was junk on the spark plug. Mm. And that's very much against you. So I said, here's your two scenarios. If it's valve problem, we're going to fix it, and we're going to fix it in a cost-effective manner. If it's the bores, you're done. So it wouldn't be the rings. Could you see the rings or no? No, I you could take see everything. Okay. And what does junk on the spark plug indicate? Junk on the spark plug means something is breaking up inside the combustion chamber, and that was exactly the case. So cut a long story short, I pulled the head off, and I'm like... Dang. So there's metal breaking up in there, and it's like fusing to the spark plug? Okay. Oh, yes. And so, well, I pull the head off, and it actually looked pretty good in there. I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. So I flip the head upside down, and, you know, I fill the combustion chamber with... Um, my usual shtick is I'll fill the combustion chamber with brake fluid upside down, <laughs> and then just leave it, walk away, and then you get a flashlight up the exhaust and a flashlight up the intake and see if it's leaking through. And it wasn't, so I thought... Okay, it's the ball, and I had the I had the piston at top dead center, 
And so then I just turned it over to bottom dead center. And oh my God, the, the liner was actually breaking up in the cylinder. Ooh. And you could actually see when it was at top dead center, the piston fitted the bore really well. But when you went down, you could actually see the liner beginning to break up. And it wasn't like a crack. It was almost like a cake-shaped piece that was missing out of it. Was it, it like degrading? Yes. Okay, so was it like... So, he, so at some stage, I'm guessing the guy had seized it. And, you know, the way a lot of fuel-injected bikes work is if you actually run them out of fuel, because they don't shut off like that... You can have three cylinders going, let's go, and one cylinder going, <gasps> and they'll seize. Mm. They'll dry seize. Mm. And I wow. think that's what had happened with this one. And so we'd seized it on number four. Um, the liner was breaking up. Here's the problem. The liner is part of the crankcase halves because that's the way modern <coughs> sport bikes are made. Mm. There's no separate cylinder. Oh, it's okay. part of the case. It's not like a sleeve or anything. No. And Suzuki want $3,400 for a pair of crankcase halves. Before you've bought the rings, before you've bought the shells, before you've bought the gaskets. You know, I've, and before you convinced a mechanic to do this for you. Well, and, and I'd be happy yeah, to build it. Rates. But, you know, we just totaled up the amount. And it's like, it's simply not worth it. It, yeah. It's simply not worth it. Would it be worth it if you had the means and the money didn't mean much to you? And yeah, of course it'd be right? worth it's it because all, all bikes are legit. Yeah. You know, all bikes are legitimate, but a 2007 Jixxer 600 has a, has, a, has a very defined value, whether you're attached to it or not. Yes, Bagel? Well, th there is an exception. If, if you can find one that's been wadded that has a good engine still, then you can do the swap, but then you can do a swap. just exactly. And and I explained to the kid, I said, well, you can try and find a wadded one. You can buy a used engine, but just remember, if you're buying a used engine, you may be buying exactly the same problem as you've got right now. And we looked on Fleabay. So is that like an mm. organ donation? Not a dev, but it's like well, an organ donor bike. Well, I think it, yeah. that it, I think that's what it'll become. And I was going to say I had two Jixxers on the ramp, and the other one was an 89 Slingshot, the mm. 1100, which came in, the bike had been sitting for 15 years. Um, no compression on number one. And I said the same to the guy. I said, we need to pull the pull the head off this thing. But because it's an older jigsaw, we could pull the cylinders off it as well. It's, mm. not, it's basically what the Bandit engine became. It okay. first appeared in the jigsaws, and then they put different cams and pistons in it and put it in the Bandit. Um, and that one, all it was, was stuck rings. Mm. It's stuck rings. So I freed off the rings, um, ran a hone up and down the bore, and got all the compression back, assembled it, put a new set of pumper carbs on it. And even though the I bike... I like the sound of that. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and even though the bike had an ostensibly a similar value to the 2007, it's probably a little more valuable, actually. But there was no problem getting it repaired. And this thing hooks up. Yeah. 
with yeah. those pumpers on it. Oh, my God. Bet, it revs. Yeah. <laughs> you literally, you blip it, and it just goes wang, wang, up to the red line. It's wild. I was just going to add, you know, Jim, I think you and I both have two perfect examples of when uh, the, you know, the blowing an engine can mean the death of a bike or not. My uh, XS750, I yes. blew an engine. I went on eBay and bought one for 500 bucks, a couple hundred bucks. Because those are readily available. But Jim, when you blew the engine on your uh, DR350, right, could not find one. No, not really. I mean, basically, you were looking at buying a, another bike. And, you know, so, and I didn't need right. another bike. And now you're into now buying, that. Yeah, now you're bu- into buying the, the, the wrecked bike. Yeah, because I, I, I bought that DR350 from a kid in South San Francisco. used it as a commuter for like 1700 bucks, 1750 right. I picked that up for. Oh, yeah. It kills me that I I I killed that bike. So Ugh. I was once the recipient of the bad news. Um, it's been years since I talked about this, but <clears throat> one of my favorite bikes, uh, my first like really big BMW that I bought was my R eleven hundred RT that I was buying for a cross country trip. And oh, RT, I remember him. And I <laughs> did a little shakedown trip. I bought it used from a shop. I want to say about $8,000 used at the time when new ones were going for about twelve. okay? And uh, it only had about 35,000 miles on an RT. Not bad at all. Okay, so not huge miles. No, and I took it down to Florida for a little weekend, uh, you know, rundown. And the oil sight glass blew out. I've talked about this before. The oil sight glass blew out. Not an uncommon problem. Mm -hmm. And since I was in the panhandle, uh, like swamp area with no phone reception, I had to ride it out of there. And I did not know, like, I just, I knew that there was smoke coming out and that there was some oil, but I thought it was like a gasket, not glug, 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 glug. I thought it was squirt, 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 not glug, glug, glug. So I had to continue riding to, you know, to a building somewhere I could get help. And and I killed it. And when I got it uh, towed to the dealership, they said, "Yeah, you've you've destroyed the engine, and unfortunately, that's not covered by warranty. So I had to pay five thousand dollars for a new engine. So I ended up paying more for a used bike than you would for the new for a brand new one, which was a heartbreak for me. But you were in this this rock and a hard place position." Because you had um, an $8,000 bike that you just bought. Yeah. And it wasn't wasn't my fault. You had no choice but to spend that amount on the engine. I've been in the same position. Well, or you you dump it off on the side of the road, right? I mean, that's the choice. If you don't got five grand kicking around for the bike, you're 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 like, You're put in that position where you have to make a hard decision. And, you know, I was actually equating what you do as a mechanic is very similar to that of a doctor. Peeing when you in have the, peeing to, in the airbox. You know, when you have to give somebody the bad news. Yes, that is true. And for many people, this is like their child that you're saying. Ah, well, now you see, now you're getting into something very different because of the re- different, very different relationship right. that owners have with their bikes than people have with their cars. It's but, a very different but relationship. But you still don't know what, what kind of reaction you're going to get from people. And it's, it's a very hard position for you to be in. And for me, then as the parent of the bike that I've just been told, you know, is going to live without a heart transplant. Well, I find I find kindness and empathy goes but quite a long way. What they did was they said that they would waive the um, labor fees. I just had to pay for a new engine to be shipped from Germany. 
<laughs> it, it was still hard, but I appreciate it, and I did yeah. it, and I went on to ride and love that bike. Why not just new cylinder heads on a BMW? I... Oh God! If you run a if you run a BMW out of oil, you're going to take everything. Uh. You're going to take the heads out, the bores out, the crank, the mains, everything. Dude, do we all get to tell how we killed motorcycle stories tonight? (laughs) So tonight we're going to be talking a lot about the death of motorcycles. How about how they try to kill us all the time? That was last week, I guess. (laughs) Yes. But first, I did want to say, you know, with every death, there is a birth, right? Phoenix rising from the ashes. Is this true? It's kind of like me in the the morning. That's something just in general in life. For every death, there is a birth. And so I wanted to lighten this up and announce the birth. A birth? Of a, a, new, a new shop opening up. Oh, that's great. In South Carolina. And you'd, you, you'd be surprised South to know what, what, it's, what it's called. What is this shop it's called, in South it's, Carolina? It's called Shrimp and Grits. <laughs> oh, that is the name. <laughs> Shrimp and Grits Motorcycles. Oh, I, I wish it I was. Already, I already copyrighted What is the name one. of this new well, shop? Well, you know what? I brought one of the mechanics and, and partners from the shop to come on our show and to announce it. Cool. This is our new friend, Gabe. Say hi to you, Gabe. Right on. Hey, how are you? Hey, Gabe. Hey, Hello, hey, Gabe. Hey. What a handsome fellow. Look, he's like he's got a beard and he's smiling and everything. <laughs> no, he's supposed to say, hey, Bo Gator, come on over here. <laughs> <laughs> is this, Gabe, okay is this true? Is this true how you people talk down there? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I talk fairly regular, but I'm actually from Florida, but I live in South Carolina now. You know, okay. Florida is not the South. I, I, I had no That's idea. That's what they say. Yeah, it's, it's really part of New England, but yes. <laughs> okay, very good. It's very similar to Western uh, Vermont, I believe. <laughs> oh, so funny. you want to tell everyone the name of your new shop? So, yes, the new shop name is Motorcycles and Misfits Garage. Yay! Oh, wow. A great name for a garage. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I found out about this uh, a little while ago, and I've been following. They've been posting on social media. So I thought it'd be good to, uh, you know, invite invite them on and, and announce the birth of the mm-hmm. new shop. Not open yet, but very soon. They're at that like final, like, trying to get things paved and inspected. We're and, waiting on construction, basically. Yeah, waiting on people. That's rough. Uh, where exactly in uh, South Carolina are y'all? We are in a, a town called Warrenville, South Carolina. We're right next to the Georgia Augusta Augusta Georgia border, oh, yeah. South Carolina border, right there. Oh, yeah, they got some good golf mm-hmm. over there. They do. We have the Masters over here and everything. You know, it's, it's a big time around here. How close to Savannah is that? Um, a couple hours. So it's north of there, right? It's yeah. the other border, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. So um, just curious, how did you guys come up with the name Motorcycles and Misfits? So one of the other partners, her name's Elizabeth, um, uh, about five years ago, her husband was going to Motorcycle uh, Mechanics Institute in Orlando. And during that time, she had a group of friends that she would ride with. And she had a group like on, like a Facebook group where they would always keep in touch. And they called themselves the Motorcycles and Misfits, you know, riding group. Mm. And that's just what they called themselves. And then, you know, fast forward to now, when we all got together getting onto this um, business, she came up with the name again. And we were just all like, yeah, why not? You know, and well, I don't know cool. if anyone Googled it or checked it out to find out if anyone else that. I have no idea. Uh, have, but you, have you Googled we it are motorcycles and we, we are Motorcycles and Misfits Garage. garage. So, I mean, a little, little different, a little tweak. Uh, well, you know, the difference um, with us, because I don't know how much you know about us, we are actually the Motorcycles and Misfits. 
the the garage is the recycle garage, which is a, a right, motorcycle. Right, I did read that. Yeah, so there you go. So it's the recycle garage is the place motorcycles and misfits. That's who we are. It's very we're a bunch of freaks. That's yeah, why we're the right. I mean, we're, we're a bunch of fucking. It's a freaks. condition of our parole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it is lovely to meet you. So um, you too. Shall, shall we shall we get into the um, nitty gritty? Yeah, so because you know, yeah. you're a professional mechanic, Nate. I am. I'm a Gabe. professional, Gabe. God, I'm so sorry, Gabe. Um, it's okay. I've been doing it forty. God, how many years now? Forty four years. So I've seen wow. a lot. You've probably been doing it a long time, seen a lot. Mm-hmm. We are going to talk, and we can fire off each other. I'm guessing you're a, pretty much a Harley guy. I know you've worked for KTM in the past. I did. So I, um, when I went to Motorcycle uh, Mechanics Institute in Arizona, I did the entire school. Right. I wanted to learn every motorcycle. I wanted I to learn the and Asian bikes, the American bikes, German bikes. Yeah. I just wanted to do everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And before then, I had worked at multi-line dealerships and, and stuff like that. But when I went to Motorcycles, Mo- Motorcycle Mechanic Institute, the chopper scene was huge. I mean, like, um, you yeah, know, it was all right around that time, wasn't it? all yeah. that stuff. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I need to go towards this Harley stuff a little bit stronger just in case, just to cement myself in the industry and make sure that I was carving out a, a good um you know, path for myself, you know, to, to move forward, you know, in the future. Well, you know, here we are in America and you might be surprised. I get a lot of English bikes at my shop. Yeah, but, so I did too. But if I didn't work on Harleys, that would be a huge part of my bottom line gone. So love them or not, you got to right. work on them. And you and I both know Harley like doing things their own way. And right. it's it's harder for me because you're probably a lot physically stronger than I am. My biggest grumble about Harleys is how much everything friggin' weighs. <laughs> Include you know, something as simple as doing a back tire change. You know, right, if you right, pull the back wheel and tire out of a sport bike, weighs nothing. But a Harley right. with the rotor, with the disc, with the tire, it's like, oh my God, I need a crane to do this. And or I literally have to sit too. down and gather myself, you know, to or lift this. Or a gold this. wing, you need a hoist. Yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, um, let's have a chat about the conversation. Yeah, I wanted to set this up. So I, I assume that as mechanics – that you get all different types when you have to break the bad news. You don't know how somebody's going to react. And I'm just curious, uh, Gabe, have you had anyone who, when you had to like tell them that like it was really bad news or it'd be really expensive? I have, you know, um, I have a couple of them and I thought about that today. Um, I had one really good one that I had forgotten about. Oh, ooh, so um, I, I had a shop in North Carolina and it was called independent cycles. And I serviced, all types of, I just, whoever came in, I tried to do them right and do whatever I could to my ability. So, um, I had a, um, a one percenter come in (laughs) and he came in on a road King that looked like it had been to Helen back and had close to 200,000 miles on it. Wow. Wow. Okay. And he wanted me to just replace the cylinder, the top cylinder gasket. <laughs> Just needs a tune-up, that's all. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and so I proceeded to tell him that something with that type of miles and what the bike was already doing, that even if I did go ahead and replace those gaskets, sooner or later, something else is going to fail right down the road. You're going to be coming back and sticking your middle finger at me like I'm the one who did it. And I didn't want to be put in that position. Well, whenever you tell those guys, some of those guys know they want to uh, refer to who they are and who they know and who they have behind them and all these things. And uh, he wanted to proceed to to handle it right there in my shop. Well, I, I practiced the Second Amendment, so that wasn't a problem. And um, it just has a bunch of oopa loopas that come out of the back. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> But I diffused it very quickly, but it could have gone a lot worse. You know, um, I just tried to stay very calm and just very collected. But I've had to I've had many customers come in that just they don't call ahead. They bring some bike on a trailer and it looks like a boat anchor. I hate to say it, but that's what it looks like. You know, like it's been at the bottom of the ocean. Right. And they're like, yeah, can you clean the carburetor? But, you know, it's it's that knock-on effect. I have a very, very similar story um, about, and the outcome was very different. I didn't need to get the Oompa Loompas out. Um, but it's a gentleman came down with a Ducati, and it was a, um, and this was this week, it's a 2011 Multistrada. And that's that's getting to the stage now where the bike hasn't got a massive value in it. And he said... I would like you to inspect and adjust the belts. And I said, okay, how long have you owned this bike? And he said, a year. I said, okay. Do you have any history of when the belts were changed? And he said, no. And I flat out refused. I said, look, I'll put new belts in for you. And that's all you're going to get. Because if I adjust the belts... And they snap, guess yep. whose door you're going to be knocking at, the last monkey that worked right. on your bike. And Ducati, exactly. they've changed their position with belts over the years. Now, they're not actually interested in mileage. The current thing from Ducati is four years. We're happy. Our belts will last four years. If you do 100,000 miles, if you do 10,000 miles, if you do 1,000 miles, we don't care. Four years, you put new belts in it. So unless... You have documented proof from the previous owner the belts were put in that bike in 2019. Guess what I'm going to do? And so we costed out belts for him and the cost of new belts and the cost of fitting them. And he said, the bike simply isn't worth it because he needed the Desmodromic service as well. And I said, and therein mm. lies the problem. Because if you drop 30 grand on a new Ducati Multistrada, having two grand's worth of valve clearance check and belts doesn't make that big a dent but when you're riding a bike that's really devalued to the point where that two grand service is the majority of the value of the bike it's a harder pill to swallow is it like liza's new amigo <laughs> well the amigo is its own thing let me tell you so gabe just curious and for both both of you and emma too uh how do you handle when somebody brings a bike in that you just, like you said, Emma, you just don't want to touch. You don't want to touch. You know, you know, you're experienced enough. You know how this is going to play out. How do you tell them that without them getting pissed off? I'm totally honest. And if my honesty pisses them off, then that's on them, to be honest with you. Um, I just have to tell them, hey, look, you know, 
I don't, in, in my experience, I don't feel like what you're trying to do here is going to be accomplished with the amount of money that you want to spend. And if we move forward, I cannot promise you that all these parts are going to be available. I can't promise you anything. All we can do is try our best, but you have to have that in mind that this might not happen. Right. And I so think, you need to make that decision. Yeah. And it's the, the thing that I find works very, very well for me is even when I'm giving the worst news, and like you, you have to be honest. There's no sugarcoating mm-hmm. it. And I use that phrase, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Right. But kindness goes a long way because even if the thing is, looks like a boat anchor and requires so much work, it's just not worth it, it doesn't mean that they don't love it. Right. And that's when kindness and just you never... I would never laugh at somebody's bike. No, I would no. never laugh at somebody's no, misfortune. No. Uh, well, except Liza's take... KLR. We do laugh at that. <laughs> well, no, no, we're laughing at Liza, not her KLR. But and that's it. And it's it's you. You really have to be kind, um, no matter what the news is, and the, there can be absolutely catastrophic news sometimes. Right. Is, is that the death of a Ducati? When you give them that news. That's some more. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, um, I worked at a uh, Honda dealership in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and back when we were having to weld the frames right. because of the recall. Yeah, mm-hmm. on the gold wings, I remember that. Right, mm-hmm. and there was many, many guys who could care less. They were like, "Nope, I'm not doing it. I don't want it. It's a piece of crap. We got to weld the frame." And then there was other guys that were just so in love with it, they would spend their last dime on it. Wow, to get it done. So I'm curious, like in that vein, Gabe, have you ever, um, we know that, uh, what's what I'm looking for, that sentimental begins with a dollar sign. Yes, it does. But have you ever had an experience where someone comes in and we always talk about, you know, money is a thing, right? Um, but someone come in with like deep pockets and say, Hey, I know it may not make sense to you or, or on paper to restore this bike, but for some reason, a barn find that maybe came across where, you did spend the money anyway. You're like, fuck it. And you were stoked because that bike stayed on the road. And the guy could afford it, right? 100%. That's a Suzuki Intruder. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if, what's the backstory? If we play the, the, uh, the Cleveland Motor Just game, the guy that a- lo- it was his... Yeah. I'm sorry. It was, it was, his, um, it was his first bike. He there loved it. He had a custom uh, yeah. painted everything i mean it was just chromed out and he had it it, it had a name it was roxanne and it was <laughs> name just, and everything never name it you know yeah, prostitute name on too, it. Yeah. and he still has it to this day and even though i moved from where i used to work on that bike he calls me this day and says let me know where your next shop's going to be because i'm bringing roxanne oh right fantastic oh, wow. and that is actually for me that's number two reason for spending more than it's worth because it Definitely. was my first bike. Number right. one reason, it was dad's bike. So you got one like that in mind now? I, well, I mean, I've got the perfect example is that 56 Triumph I'm doing the restoration on. Mm. Mm. So I have a 1956 Triumph trophy up on the ramp right now that's in for a complete restoration. Wow. And Did this sit or was it in decent shape? No, it was ugly. Okay. 
And the best 56 Triumph trophy in the world. No, I'm not going to say that. But a really nice 56 Triumph trophy is probably worth about fifteen to eighteen thousand dollars, wow. and that's maybe one of the best ones out there. Full restoration. This guy's spending twenty five plus on his wow. bike, wow. and you're like, why? So now we get into the story because he's rich. <laughs> no, it, he okay. is. He's incredibly wealthy, but mm. that's not the reason he's doing it. Mm. And this will make perfect sense to you when you hear it. His dad bought the bike brand new. And he raced it down in Baja, California, and won quite a few races with it between 57, 58, 59, and 60. Now, my client was born in 61, and so his mom said to his dad, you got to stop racing that bike because you have a son now. So dad, instead of selling the bike, sticks it in the shed. I Meanwhile, my client is growing up, and at five years old, dad would take him out to the bike, sit him on the fuel tank, and take him on 100-mile-an-hour runs through the <laughs> orchard groves in Fresno <laughs> Wow! Speaking without telling mom. <laughs> because, and so that's the memory of the bike. Yeah. And so money is absolutely no object. And funnily enough, I'm not bringing the bike back to its glory racing days. I'm bringing the bike back to the day that dad pulled it out of the showroom with Triumph, with lights on it, with brakes wow. on it, full road kit so that my client can ride it around. And, you know, he lives in Pebble Beach, which is a very wealthy area. So he's got pots of money, but we don't take advantage of it. It's just the bike is so valuable to him in his heart because that's right. been gone now for, God, 15, 20 years. And the bike's the only real tangible memory he has of the time he spent with his dad. Yeah, and, and right, I don't want to come across being judgmental because the bike's still on the road, which right. is the whole name of the game. So I think that's rad. I think it's cool. And it's going to be a beautiful bike. I mean, what colors it, the, the paint? It's mean? very. It's like pale um, blue-gray polygrammatic. You've seen the paint Ooh. job, haven't you, Eliza? Oh, it's an amazing oh, yeah, yeah. paint job. It's mm. gorgeous paint job. So, since we have two master mechanics here, I wanted to... Masturbate Well, before we get into... <laughs> two of Oh, three bagels here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just an amateur. <laughs> He's amphibious. That's when you do it with your... That's when you do it with your feet. Amphibious. <laughs> Or you can sit on your hand till it goes numb. Then it's a stranger. Now you're finding out why we're the best friends. Pass me that artichoke liquor, would you, Emma? Hey, I'm fitting right in. No problem. God, oh, my. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, since we have... <laughs> it's the artichoke liquor talking. <laughs> since, oh, artichoke... L-I-Q. I thought you meant L-I-C-K-E-R. I thought it was a... An artichoke liquor? Is that yeah, like a gay I was, thing? Yeah, I was imagining it's, it's, a it's, thing. It's very good. It's a product of Italy. Okay. Artichoke licking? So, <laughs> I'll lick your joke. All right. Calm down. <laughs> Sorry. Since we're talking we, about... Since we have uh, Gabe and Emma here, I yes. wanted to ask, you guys have seen bikes come in that are dead, right? Yes. And, and, and we're just going to say the, the definition of dead costs more to repair than the value. It's usually... When we go by like an insurance, right, 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 terms, right, 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 and I want to know what are the most common preventions that could have been done 
to to prevent these bikes from from dying. Good question. Right? What are the things you see happen all the time that it could have been so simple? Can I can I start with this? Go ahead. So the two major reasons for bikes dying is number one, crashing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that makes perfect sense though. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know why I so, when you so crash yeah. a bike don't and crash. the damage exceeds the value of the bike. Well, especially in Harley land, right? right. Where Gabe's at, because it, it doesn't 100%. take much chrome and stuff, right? And then the second Job thing. security right here. Right. Yeah. And then the second thing is catastrophic mechanical failure. So if we go to crashing, don't ride like a bonehead. Catastrophic mechanical Use failure. Use a crush washer when you do an oil change. Just check your maintain oil. your bike. <laughs> it's oil, Yeah, right. something as simple check as oil. check the oil on your bikes. If you run a bike out of oil... You're going to destroy an engine. Jim, I, that, yeah. I, I was actually going to say, I think you're incorrect when mm. you're saying in Harley land, because every Harley, there are a million parts you can buy to replace it. Now, when you're talking about like a Ducati wow. that you can't get the body work. Well, that's or different. A you no, you but, have a Harley Davidson master mechanic looking at you right now, Liza. You can so. get all the parts you need what's the to tip- replace it. Okay, well, let's you ask can. you, right what's that. the typical yeah. repair cost for someone that low speed, low sighted a Harley? Like three, four miles an hour, you kind of drop it, but it skids five or six feet. Yeah. Eight grand. How much? Eight grand. Yep. Wow. Eight grand. Yeah, you that's because they got color match plastic. Yeah, because yep. they don't like scratched chrome. But the advantage you've oh, got, oh, oh, but, but it's still on. point hold point on, being. Hold on, hold on. No, you were. I, no, hold on. Oh, you, okay. somebody who buys a brand new bike, new to them, not necessarily brand new, but a new to them stock bike. What is the average cost of parts somebody will put on to a bike? Just just because they're they're modifying it for themselves. Depends on the person on the bike. I'm just saying, eight grand is not that crazy. There are people who spend no. eight grand replacing perfectly good Hot parts. parts. So eight grand sounds a lot to us because our, our currency is in dirt bikes. Yeah, but one's by choice. Right. One's because no, you I fell over because you parked on your garden. No, 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 no. But I'm just saying, yeah. the heart in the big twin world is a completely different thing. Yeah. Costs are completely different, but part availability is different. I think it's other than, I mean, well, no. I mean, you can get every single part. For a Harley, you can get an aftermarket part. Every single Pretty part. Much. Yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't have to be the death, but so, but what are the things that you, the common things you're like, oh, if they had only, you know. What is Gabe? So what does he see out there? Some of the common things that I've seen is someone brings me their bike too late and they've left gas in the gas tank there for a go. couple of years. And Instead of just dumping it out, now we got to replace lines. If you're carbureted, now we got to work with that. If you're fuel injected, we got to work with that. Hopefully, it didn't gum up your injectors. It didn't make it all the way down there, but it probably did. Right. That's one of the first common ones that I always see. Yeah, and we always say, you know, fuel problems, they're very what, much a California problem, what is that like, but that isn't true. Does it, that take like six months, three months, a year? How long oh, here that? in California, it's four months. Okay. You're done. That, that's an excellent point, because obviously prevent, preventing a crash is harder. That's something that's not always within your control. This, what he's saying is 100% in your control. For whatever reason, you're not able to ride your bike for a certain amount of time, right. and you have not prepped it. And that, At and least that put be, a fuel stabilizer in there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that certainly would help. Playing devil's advocate, if you ride a fuel-injected bike, emptying the fuel isn't as easy as you think. 
Now, I work, um, I have a lot of military clients because Monterey, where my shop is, is kind of a military town. And a lot of these guys, you know, they ship their bikes out. They're going overseas. They want to take their bike with them, especially the Harley guys. And so it's going to end up in the belly of a C-130 and -hmm. batteries got to come out. Fuel's got to come out. And I've got quite a sophisticated pump system for pumping the gas out. But just for an average person... Is that you sucking on a hose? No, that is actually a pump. I'm (laughs) done with sucking on a hose. Um, Not what I hear. Jim. (laughs) Sorry. Well, Did I say that? um, But, yeah, it's it's not like the old days of carbureted bikes where you just pull the line off, Mm -hmm. stick a hose on the petcock, switch it on, and empty it. So it is harder for people. But, yeah, buy some freaking stabilizer. Seafoam? Does that work? But people don't necessarily... Yeah, seafoam. Seafoam? People don't necessarily think ahead. I mean, I don't know how it is in North Carolina, but here, a lot of bikes that end up sitting for years, they didn't kind of expect that to happen. You know, they put them away for the winter or they put them away and then they had a baby or dad died or, you know, they moved house. And what was going to be a three-week layup now becomes a three-year layup with all the problems it ensues. So I'm curious, like both of you right. again, so what's the typical fate of you bring in your Jixer, it's proper fucked, you're like, okay, sorry, can't help you. Do those typically get sold as part bikes? Do they just go to the dump? Do people leave them on the side of the road? They go home and try to fix it or they go to, they they shop jump and they okay. keep asking every shop until they find one that takes it. Ah, uh, okay, <laughs> right. yeah, uh-huh. yeah, because they don't want to give up. But you know, right, right. right now in my... Um, in my warehouse, I've got a, like an 07 Jixer um, that's like worth nothing. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I find time, I'll part it out, but I'm not expecting to get any money. Yeah, because that's a pain in the ass, too. I mean, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's another thing. Oh, I'm, I'm going to take it home and part it out. Well, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. And you might right. you might sell one or two parts for 50 You know what I would have done? I'd take the engine out, make the plastics look real cool, and put the whole bike up on the wall. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so let me ask you guys this. Another common death of a motorcycle is an insurance settlement. Yes. So, when somebody gets an insurance settlement, how how often do you recommend that they buy it back and and try and get it repaired? Or do you just- Well, from my own experience, yeah. I had a CBR that that happened to. And right. I went to the insurance place and I turned the key on and started the bike right there in the yard. I said, "Yep, I want to buy it back." <laughs> there you go. It started right up. Yeah, and every it's it's different for everyone. And I try and scope out the client and I say, look, if you understand that you're going to have your bike repaired and, you know, everything that entails, buy it back because there are bargains to be had. Usually, they're not so much these days, but back in the old days, insurance companies didn't want to deal with these bikes. They just let them go for nothing. Now, the actual intrinsic value of the bike has a huge bearing on whether the bike gets totaled or not. Um and what they'll sell it even to the owner for. Um, so I scope out the customer, and the customer's kind of cool about it, and say, look, I like my bike, I want to keep it, I'd rather put the money in to repair it. I say, well, buy back the wreck. We can do a couple of compromises with maybe body panels and, you know, source a couple of parts that are not genuine and, you know, get you back rather than you go around looking for a used bike 
that's right. an unknown quantity. Because you know what? Right. When you're buying used bikes, let's say you had, let's go back to our Jixxers mm-hmm. or a CBR. You know, you have a $7,000 CBR and you total it or somebody else totals it for you. And you get that insurance payout. And they say, well, here's the deal. We'll give you seven grand for your bike, or you can buy your bike back, and we'll give you 55. So you're buying it for 1,500 bikes with all the damage. And, you know, I'm just ballparking it here. And it may have a lot more than 5,500 bucks worth of damage on it. But you can do compromises. You can paint stuff rather than replace it, and you can maybe get used parts instead of new. That actually may be a far better deal than taking that seven grand. Yeah, and trying to find a decent CBR for seven grand that somebody may have had mechanical problems with, right. that may have deferred the maintenance. Your bike is a known quantity. It was a great bike mm-hmm. up until it got crashed, got stolen, whatever. Yeah, maybe now it just looks a little different. Or something, right? Like that <laughs> yeah, kind of stuff. exactly. And if you've got a mechanic who's willing to work with you and say, okay, instead of replacing this $1,000 fuel tank, let's take it round the corner to Marina Auto and Collision, and he'll actually pound it out and paint it for like 300 bucks. You've just saved 700 bucks, and the paintwork's going to be just as good as the one it left the factory with. Well, and I find, personally, it's it's been my opinion that that system is, I think, a leading cause of the death of a motorcycle is the insurance assessment, which I'm guessing you guys have been part of. Oh, yeah. And it's your job to go and document every scratch, scrape, dent, and ding. We have to right. legally. And then the the quote is going to be for a brand new replacement part when that Mm -hmm. bike doesn't need a brand new replacement part and not every scratch needs to be replaced. So to me, it's always seemed to like buy the bike back unless it's trashed. Right. Bent frame, you know, something like that. Unless it's completely trashed to me, it seems like save the bike. Don't let it go to its death because there are bikes that I have known that were totaled because of body damage from falling over off the kickstand, yep. like Ducatis. Yeah, you, that and, and they're going to go, and, and now they're going to get a salvage title if it's going to be repaired, or they're going to be parted out. Right. That's the death of a bike that over something so small. That's how the system works, right? So I'm going to run a scenario by everyone here, and... You can tell me what you think of this. And this actually happened to me when I worked at the big multi-line dealership, which included Ducati. So a young man bought a brand new Ducati Scrambler Desert Sled, top of the line. The Desert Sled had the really nice 70s paint job on and the spoke wheels. Beautiful bike. And he rode it home. And as he was pulling into his driveway... He hit a high curb and put a tiny hole in the crankcase half. So the bike had about 10 miles on it. That JB Weld. Yeah, a JB Weld. (laughs) That shit little sandpaper. So, so, that bike actually totaled. Oh, yeah. It it totaled because the cost of buying the crankcase halves, actually... Exactly. It just overtook the value of the bike. So, here's your three choices. 
let the bike go because he got full value for the new bike buy a new bike buy the bike back turn the bike upside down clean the area get it welded buy the bike back clean the area JB weld it ride it (laughs) I think Jim and I know Coke can and JB Weld. It's a, JB Weld has never Bear let me down. Dude, JB <laughs> Weld is, is a permanent. It's like pretty is, close to a permanent fix. A lot of the time. This is a Ducati Scrambler yeah. with ten miles on the clock. Well, and the, to, for me, the key was he didn't. It, it didn't crack at the beginning of the ride. It was at the end of the ride. Well, it still only had ten miles on it. Right, right. But I'm right. saying I don't think there's additional damage done. So what do you, what do you think he did? Uh, um, the, the welded it from the inside. Hell no, he JB welded it. (laughs) And he rode that bike. He bought the bike back from the insurance company. Actually, they wanted quite a lot of money for that bike. What? Yep. So I think the bike was $12,000. The insurance payout, they gave him the bike back and $8,000. So they wanted $4,000 for the bike. Oh, okay. You can buy a lot of JB Weld for that much. And a skid plate. <laughs> and so he, paid four, um, so he paid four grand for a 12 grand bike. Right, yeah. with a hole yeah. in the crankcase. And well, I actually lined up the welder for him and I said, look, if you want to get it welded, this what we've got to do. We've got to pull the tank. We've got to pull the battery. We've got to basically get it so we can flip the bike upside down without damage to the bike and then leave it for a few days to get the you know, oil away from the repair and just get it welded and it'll be it'll be great. But in the end he did the J B weld and he rode it for thousands of miles. Well there's like no that. pressure on that. I mean well, we've I, done right. we've done plenty of side cases with J B welding. And yeah. I, I was gonna say for me the difference is between a bike that is meant to take abuse and a bike that wouldn't. If it was like an R one M Right. I don't know that I'd just be J B welding it. That's you know, a lot of a lot of bike. And again, it depends on your pocketbook. Yeah, yeah. and a lot of it a lot depends of times yeah. on your pocketbook. With who you brought, you know? But he rolled the dice and he came up smelling of roses. Yeah. yeah, that's not that's not always too common. Yeah, exactly. No, no, and no, I mean, you know, we before you came on board, we were discussing the scenario of a customer of mine who bought a Jixer with a little tick in the engine, the tick 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 tick, <laughs> very very cheaply, and he rolled the dice and he actually lost. So not valves. Yeah. It wasn't valves. It was liner. Mm. And you can't Oof. replace the liners on a Jixa 600. You need the crankcase half. So that was the end of that bike. And I told him, I actually said to him, I said, look, kid, you rolled the dice. You may have come up smelling of roses on this because he got the bike very, very cheaply. It just so happens this time you didn't. You know? Mm, there you go. Yeah. Well, you know, when we were talking about the death, I'm sorry, no, go ahead. the death of the motorcycle, if you got online and just looked at the auction, the co-part auctions, oh, you yeah. see how many people really felt like that was the death of their bike that they let go. And you can buy those bikes on dimes on the dollar and maybe yep. just the rear end is messed up or the front wheel is bent or something like that. And all these people let these bikes go. And it, I see it all the time. Well, you know, and, and the industry has changed a lot because back in the day, it was much more common, and maybe you still have them in the South, but out here they're pretty much all gone. You could go to the junkyard, or other, otherwise known as the cemetery, and mm-hmm. it was a common thing to go walking through and finding parts. You know, I don't know if I, I've mentioned this to you. I used to always look at the odometer readings on bikes. Most of them are like old Hondas and stuff. The strangest thing, the most common odometer reading on a bike in the junkyard was about 17,000 miles. Huh. Wow. I just found that was like... 
Back then, people that for just like never did 60s oil change. and 70s. Yeah. No, like 60s yeah. and 70s. You never do Hondas oil change yeah, by 17,000 so, miles. But we don't have them as much anymore, those cemeteries. The whole... Do you still do you still have them out there, or are they going by the wayside? Not really. I, I don't know of any near me. Um, you know, all the all those guys have gone online and just yeah. doing it online, eBay or whatever. Yeah, no, eBay killed as good as eBay is, and it's a great resource. The dealer doesn't have it, and you know what you're doing, and you know actually how to read a description and read pictures. eBay is a great resource, mm-hmm. but it really killed. A lot of things. It killed the barn find market because now everyone's an expert. You know, the days of like pulling an old knucklehead out of a barn and giving the old farmer 500 bucks for it. That was a lot gone now because of eBay. You know, parts, junkyards are gone, I think, a lot because of eBay. Um, um, But it's, it's, it's such a good resource and it's really... I use it a lot for individual components. You know, the kid with the jigsaw, he said, well, should I buy an, an engine off of eBay? I said, no, 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 you're kind of, you're kind of pushing the envelope buying a whole yeah, that engine. Doesn't go on that. Read the description. If the seller is cocksure it's an engine and he's willing to guarantee a good engine and he's willing to guarantee it and you've got some, you know, documentation with mileage and so on and so forth, Yes, it may be a good buy, but those are the engines that command the premium. You know, if you're just buying an engine from some junkyard, oh, yeah, this is a great engine. They've got no idea of mm-hmm. mileage, and you're looking at the pictures, and it looks kind of scabby. It could be as bad as the engine in your bike. And guess what? You've just wasted all that money on the engine, all that money having a mechanic change it for you, and you still know further forward. Right. <laughs> well, I wanted to, uh, I didn't want to take up too much more of his time. He's on the, the East Coast. Yeah, what time is it there with you, Dave? It's late. 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. Oh, night. it's yeah, not yeah, yeah, even yeah. close to your bedtime yet, I'm sure. You no. look You look exactly <laughs> like the kind of cat that will be up until at least midnight and beyond. <laughs> I don't know. I hit the gym pretty early and then I go straight to the yeah, shop. So. There it is. But I wanted to just officially welcome the Motorcycles and Misfits Garage into you, so you know our motorcycles and misfits community and just make sure everyone know that you're you know like our new extended family how do we how there. do we check you guys out is there yeah, a, is a, a website or motorcycles and misfits garage.com we're on facebook um you know all the social media outlets and and everything like that yeah and they're going to be opening up in like the next next month yeah very very soon we will be they got a and, and I would logo. love to come back on and update you all on our yeah, progress. Yeah, please. No, like you're, you're very welcome. And, you know, bring your fellow misfits in. So I understand I there's um, two guys, two women who are starting this shop. Correct. I would love to meet all of them. And I hope they're Definitely. a bunch of freaks like we are. I mean, <laughs> oh, they are. Yeah, they are. I mean, to be <laughs> honest with you, if you're anything involved with the motorcycle industry, you've got to be a freak to make it. Of course. But to put misfits in your actual name, that takes some misfit <laughs> shit right there. So. Oh, yeah, that's high, there you go. That's just, high misfit shit. When you all get a chance, go look at my building on online, the pictures yeah. of my building, because I have it all the way across my yeah. building. <laughs> oh, I love it. It looks cool. It looks very cool. Nice. Road trip. Road and, trip. And Gabe, what's your favorite podcast now? Motorcycles and Misfits yeah. podcast. Oh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and, and what time does that come on? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it comes on nine o'clock my time. <laughs> awesome. Well, Gabe, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I'll shoot you, you. A, a link to the show and uh, okay. share it around and yeah. let everyone know that, that we exist. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you so much. Good luck with the new shop. I'm sure it's going to be great. Thank you so much, everyone. Y'all stay safe riding out there, and I'll see you soon. All right. See you again. So. Thanks. Ciao. Care. Good luck. What a, what a nice and handsome man, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, no, he's very, very well groomed. <laughs> I got the motto for him, too. <laughs> so, it smells like piss in the airbox. I'll give you 500 bucks for it. I remembered I have another <laughs> death story to share with you guys. Oh, tell us. Oh, we've been so looking for it. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is a good one. This happened, oh, it's a good one. No, no, no. This happened today. Oh. I, oh. I scared hmm. a biker to death. Oh, my. Practically, what? I didn't tell you guys about this. So this morning before the garage opened, I ran down to Seven um, Eleven to go get some drinks and, and snacks. And I, I'm just at, there on the scooter, it's just a block away. And when I come out, I see, I hear a bike, so I gotta look. And it's some like uh, dual sport bike, and the, this kid riding by with no helmet on. I saw him. Was it a Kawasaki? Yeah, I saw that kid earlier today too. Right? Yeah. And so I'm like, whoa, what? Yeah, like Kawasaki dirt bike. Yeah. So um, I got on my scooter. I'm heading home and I realized he was stuck at the light. The light was turned red. So I come down like two blocks from 7 Eleven. Did you pull him over? No. Well, I catch up to him and I just literally, I pull up really fast right alongside him. Screech. I'm like, dude. There's a helmet law. And he's like, wheelied into the house. Like I scared him. I'm like, and I also, I happen to have an extra helmet in my top box from when I gave someone a ride. That's from the donation room. I'm like, dude, I have an extra helmet. You want it? And he's like, huh? What? What? Who are you? I'd probably be the same. What do you want from me? There's a helmet law. I have an extra helmet. Do you want it? He's like, no, no, no! Like, like he just kind of had this like, get away from me! Like, I just scared I the your shit. Helmet. I just scared the shit out of him, and he just wanted nothing to do with me. And then he just sped off, and I'm like, they're gonna give him a ticket. Uh, he was microdosing. He doesn't care. <laughs> he, did it have a license plate? Yes, it did. No, I saw him going the other direction. I, I, whatever time, I don't know where you were, yeah. but yeah. But I'm like, oh, <clears throat> this guy doesn't know how lucky he is. I happen to be. Right here, and I have a donated helmet. Lucky I'll give him. nope. He wanted nothing to do uh, with me. You tried. You get that a lot, but don't I you? did. I scared the death out of him. I was, hey, dude! <laughs> 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 I thought that was pretty funny. So, um, how about let's time to play? I got a couple little games to play. Oh, do you? Yes, I do. I do. Um, all right. Let's. I think it's game time. Okay. So. This game is, you guys know the uh, Screw, Mary Kill game? You, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Rick's yes. looking at me like, yes. what? Okay. No, but yes. I'll try it. I'll catch on. Okay. So <laughs> what I have here is I have a bag with a bunch of different bikes and scooters um, listed here. And everyone needs to pull out three, right? And then we're going to go around and um, you have to, in this case, though, it's, Ride, repair, or junk. All right, and Bagel, I'm going to pull three for you. (laughs) So ride, repair, junk. What this means is, one, you get to ride for one day. It's a Twisted Road free rental. You get to have it for (laughs) one day, okay? The next one is a bike that is going to be a forever bike. You are going to have this bike forever, and you're going to do whatever it takes to keep it repaired, 
running and on the road. You're going to give it all the love and attention Here it requires. Take three. The other bike, you not only are you sending it to the junkyard, you are wiping it from history. This mm. bike will not <laughs> exist anymore. Oh, oh, I say. Yes. Wow. That's quite the responsibility. So ride, r- repair, junk. Viking okay? funeral. Can we look at them yet? You can, uh, but no, 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 don't look at them yet. Just pull it out. I'm going to start with bagel. I've pulled three. Mm-hmm. Bagel. Okay. Do you want to text them to me? Or? No, you're oh, three. Oh, I'm going to read it out. Doing it live. Yep. You <laughs> have a Honda CBR 900R. Hmm. A That's what our English friends would call a fire blade. BMW mm-hmm. K1200LT. And mm-hmm. a oh, Vincent Black Shadow. Oh. So one you Ooh. get to ride for a day, one you get to keep forever, and one you get to wipe from <laughs> the, <laughs> the planet. history. Wipe from the planet. Oh, God, okay. God. Right. Honda CBR 900R, okay, well, BMW K1200 LT, and a Vincent Black Shadow. The opinions right. are spread. I, I, think, I think I would, all right, I, I got this. I, I think I would ride the Honda for a day. Okay. I would repair the Vincent Black Shadow. And I would I would cast the BMW into the pit of hell, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. You're gonna check your passport. Yeah. <laughs> Alice correct. Sorry. Alice Claw hair commissar. All right. My turn now. I'm gonna go. All right. Okay, you I go. I got ooh, Honda XR six fifty R. And just to clarify in this game, there's no years or condition listed. It's up to you to decide that. The next one, oh, shoot. Wish I hadn't gotten this one. Suzuki RF900. Well. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. And a Honda CX500 Turbo. Oh. oh. Well, you've already Shoot. Had... Oh. You already had one okay. of those for a day. Uh, Pressure's on, Liza. There's, there's pressure here. Okay. Yep. All right. Um. Okay. Oh come on! Okay, you uh, can do this. One. I'm going to. I'm going to ride for a day. Yes, the Suzuki R900. That's a good thing to do. I'm going to repair and keep it running forever. The CX500 Turbo. Aww. Because I think Aww. it's a unique and one of the best looking bikes ever. I love to look at it. And you've mm-hmm. just upset and the XR650 all of the vampires. Are, the Battle is gone, but they can just soup up their L's. They're yeah, there you go. They'll be Give fine. them the alternative. Yeah. All right. All right, Emma. What did you get? Okay. I got, and this is the first time I'm seeing them. Okay. Suzuki Katana. <gasps> okay. Da, 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 A Kawasaki Vulcan. Oh, maybe. Which one? 900. Ooh, you like that one. I like all bikes. You know that. <laughs> Not my Amigo. Oh, and a Kawasaki Concourse. Ooh. So, um, what your concourse? Well, there you see, there you go. Yeah. We brought that up earlier, and you said we can't bring that up. No, I, I said you can. You can decide okay. what. Oh, that's year. true. The new concourses, by the way, are fucking bitching, right. bitching. So, I am going to. I'm going to ride the Connie. Mm. I'm going to repair the katana. Oh. Vulcan owners, you're done. Oh, I thought the katana was doomed. <laughs> oh, Jim, you yeah, okay. should know me Suzuki, better than know. that. I could never. You know I'm going to agree with Suzuki. you in that the Vulcan 900 
uh, is a perfectly fine bike, but it doesn't really bike. make an impact. It hasn't changed Well, anything. and you know what? If you condemn Vulcan 900 to the graveyard, there's plenty of other Vulcans to choose from. <laughs> True. You know? Yeah. Right. And I just want to make it absolutely clear. Vulcan 900s are lovely, lovely, lovely bikes. But so are the other Vulcans. And guess mm-hmm. what? You're just going to have to choose another one. Because your right. 900s There's also the V-Stars. So yeah, and the V-Stars are great. And they're all great. All bikes are great. All right. All right, Rick. What'd they're you get? All great. Okay, I got a Yamaha TTR 125. Oh! A Honda VFR 750. Mm-hmm. And a Honda GB 500. Oh. A go blimey oh, 500. Blimey. The 500 was cool. It was like their earliest retro single, but it was vastly underpowered. And remember when they had them, they couldn't get rid of them. Mm-hmm. They were giving them away. But, they're but now they're worth a fortune. Now they're worth yeah. a fortune. The Honda, that's a pretty incredible motorcycle. The VFR. Yeah, yeah. yeah, good history. Super powerful, super reliable, super nice ride. I don't really know what the TTR125 is. A little dirt bike. That's a race dirt bike. A little dirt bike. I think I would, I hate to say, disappear the dirt bike, ride the. GB500 for a day, but ride it really hard. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and keep the VFFR. Forever. Yeah, because that's, that's a pretty nice bike, especially like 98 and right around that. 98 was 800. That was yeah. the first yeah. year of the 800s. Yeah. And you know, funnily enough, the, nice bike. the VFR was considered the closest equivalent in terms of what it did to the RF900. They were kind of deadly rivals. But of course, the, yeah. the VFR outsold the RF by ten to one. Yeah, you know. All right, Jim. Mm. All right, mine are hard because they're all nice bikes. Oh. So this is really hard, and I own one of them. So, <laughs> okay. all right, I'll just go real quick. A Tenere seven hundred CRF four fifty RL, which is my dirt bike, and then a BMW R ninety T. Ooh, that you rented one Ooh. of those, right? I did. Scotland. I rode. I rode one across Scotland yeah. for like a week. So I've done. Been there, done that. Okay. Um, God, it's hard. So the one I would repair and keep, one I ride for a day, one I trash, right? I would... Yeah, when, when, you, when you ride for a day, one you, you keep forever, and one you wipe from the earth. Okay, it's just because of the choices. I wipe the CRF450L from the earth. <gasps> oh, what? It's, well, you know... I could always get a KTM 350. So <laughs> yes. that gives me a reason to get the KTM 350. Um, I think to ride and to chuck would be the R90T because it is a looker. I would pick a special occasion like the Concorde d'Elegance down in Pebble Beach mm-hmm. and like wear something fancy and <laughs> drive around like a, like a Monopoly guy, like I play Monopoly. And then, and then just get rid of it because it's a cool bike, but it's not like a great daily ride. Yeah. And then a Tenere 700, as I... You know, not as young as I used to be, but a lightweight adventure bike that'd be comfortable to ride on that I could ride for years and years and take off roading and not have to lift, you know, don't have to, it's Africa twin light. So as hard as it is to say, yeah, that's what I, that's how I'd run. All right. All right. Well, there you go. So, um, all right, we're going to try a new game here and Emma. Hello. This is, uh, uh, I haven't, not, I haven't actually figured out how we're going to do this. So I'm going to. This is role playing, this. isn't it? This is, well, here's what we're going to do. Can I wear my French maid outfit? <laughs> so mm, that's just for us. <laughs> I know that 
mechanics get all kinds of people and all kinds of situations. Yes. In fact, uh, I'll just share a, a story I told some people in the garage today. When I was uh, going cross country and I had to get some repairs done, uh, Phil sent me to a friend of his. I think it was in St. Louis. And, um, you know, he was really busy, but, you know, Phil called and he, he got me in right away and needed some welding, which was really cool, which I meant I had to spend like a couple hours at his shop. And I remember this guy pulls up in a pickup truck and he pulls a little pit bike, little like the kind of pit bikes you'd, you'd buy at like the automotive store yep. back in the day, right? Pulls it out. And he starts wheeling up, and he and the guy's just like, "No," <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "No, man, I th- I just I just need some tires. If you can just uh, uh tell tell me how much tires are." And he's like, "No," <laughs> and he's pointing at like, "No," and he's like, "What well, was it because of the bike or the owner?" <laughs> well, and he's like, "Come on, man, I just I just need some tires," and he's just like, "No, get it out." And he goes, he goes, I already know how this is going to play out. He's done it so many times. I'm going to go have to spend 20 minutes looking parts up and tell you how much it is. And then when I tell you that it's going to be, you know, $300, $350 for tubes, tires, and labor. And then you say, man, I only spent 100 at the flea market. And now I've just <laughs> wasted my time. So just no. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no. Mm-hmm. And I realized, like, God, mechanics deal with these scenarios enough that they see them over and over and over, and they they, they know they're yes. coming, right? Yes. So yep. I figured that um, that mechanics have to they have to know how to handle these scenarios. Yes. So I wanted to Spray create some. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me get the hose. Get the, hose. Get the friggin' umpalumpas out here. Don't make me wake up the umpalumpas. <laughs> <laughs> Those little orange bastards. <laughs> they're not happy when they're woken up. <laughs> so I created uh, I created some um, scenarios. I oh, great! To do some role play. Oh, fantastic! Ooh, we love to role play. Yes, I so, know. All right. <laughs> I like to lick peanut butter off a hobo's and, toe. And, and, uh, also, I, I will... is this like LARPing? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hey, my Sorry. All right, now, now that you brought, we're it, waiting. I, I'm, I'm just going to retell a, a, an old story I used to love back when I lived in in Georgia, and my my friend, my friend Jean, she moved into Cabbage Town. In, in Atlanta, it's a little neighborhood oh, that had it was kind of like a poor neighborhood yeah. factory workers, right? <sighs> and uh, this this guy came and knocked on the door one time, and he he was kind of um, he kind of hunched over and he kind of talked real quiet, and he had one lazy eye that pointed the wrong way, and 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 he knocked on the door, and, and she comes to the door, she's like, "Can I help you?" And he's like, "Hi, my name's Eugene, and I mow lawns," and she's like, "Well." Hi, Eugene. Nice to meet you. Um, thank you for letting me know. I don't need my lawn mode right now, but maybe you can try me again next month. And he goes, and I like to suck toes. Oh. And, she, and she's just like, okay. <laughs> like, what do you do? What do you do with that, right? Put peanut butter and on so it. And so we always used to see Eugene. And he, and he found that he could go around and knock on doors and... And some nice people let him 
Lick oh, I toes. bet about every ten houses you get a, you get a good <laughs> shrimping. And he, he, he learned shrimping going he on. Just, oh, no. Was out there with it sometimes. Looks like yeah, if you yeah. want to have sex by in the dumpster, try that in a bar. About every ten times <laughs> you'll be having Pen. sex by the old shotgun. All right, okay. So back to the scenarios. Yes, Jim. Yes. Okay, you have a gold wing. Yes. It's only about like. Eight years old, right? Okay. Um, and it's it's making a um, uh, like a cam chain rattle. Yes. Like it's got a sound coming. A rattle. Scra- yeah. Rattle or scraping from inside the engine. And uh, Emma, you're going to have to tell him that unfortunately this this bike is 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 pretty much done. It needs basically what you're you're covering. Jim, but your attitude is you don't believe it, and you think she's trying to rip you off. Okay, very good. All right, so here you are. Here you have this golding, Emma. You've just inspected it. You are now coming to tell him the diagnosis. I I have seen people pull up to Mototown too that you don't know with bike issues. So it's kind of interesting. Okay, and go. So, uh, um, so, uh, Mister Jim. um, Before you start, I'm so excited to get the bike back. I mean, ever since my dad passed, I it's been like, like yes. it was an oath of mine to get it back on the road. I think I'm going to go to Alaska. What do you think? Oh, I, I, I think that'd be a very bad idea. Oh. So, um, so what we've done the diagnostic on the bike, um, and I have found that we need to go further. We need to dismantle the engine because you have a very nasty rattle coming from the front of your engine. And, unfortunately, the clincher, there are metal shavings in the oil. Oh, no, I can't be. My dad took meticulous care of that bike. He, he serviced it himself. He used to take so much pride on, on how he took care of that bike. And I wrote it in, so I don't see. Well, is, I, 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 we, it just needed, like, an oil change. You know, just a little freshen up, you know. Unfortunately, an oil change really isn't going to help you here. Now, um, I do invite you to get a second opinion here because um it's it's i can assure you you've got engine problems with this bike but i know it's a very very hard pill to swallow especially after your dear old dad well has been taking care of it so meticulously i brought it here because everybody said you were the best and when you you, you said you could take you said you would take care of me and get me down the road two weeks ago and i don't understand why why now everything's different than what he, you said it was before. Well, unfortunately, you brought me a very, very broken bike. And just like ourselves, I mean, you know, we all get older and our bodies don't do what they used to when we were young. And bikes are the same. You know, when your Goldwing was new and your dad rolled it off the showroom floor, it was just a fantastic machine and did absolutely everything it should. And it's got a few physical problems right now, and unfortunately, they are quite severe. And we're really going to have to dismantle the engine to get to figure out what's going on. Just like a surgeon would have to open you up and have a look, and that heart murmur, you've got you've got a very very nasty rattle in there, and it could be something really very serious. Unfortunately, the shavings in the oil. That's okay. I already figured this out. I was on eBay over the weekend. I yes. spent a lot of time. <laughs> yes. And I found, you know, I, you know, basket case, they call them. But actually, yes. it's pretty much together. And, and for $632, I found uh, a replacement. And 
you know, it, it, it's in a few pieces, but I, I, you know, it's not a basket case by any means, despite what they call it. So I'm going to go ahead and get that on order. I'll probably have it in 10 days. Yes. And um, yeah, and we'll just pop that in there. Well, okay. And I'm very, very happy to offer you that service. Just oh, remember this is um, when you have the best mechanic work on your bike, there is a certain um, uh, labor figure that we have to talk about. And the hourly rate, which we make no secret of, is, as you know, is $150. Every hour I spend on your bike, it's going to cost you $150. And an engine swap on a Goldwing, according to the Honda rate book here, is 11 hours. So we multiply that by 150. So that's going to come to about $1,650 just to switch the engine. And then if I have to put it in. So, you know, we really need to watch the pennies on this bike. Oh, totally. Don't worry. You know, we can worry about that later. We'll, we'll negotiate more down the road. I'll, I'll just pay you in cash so we can make it cheaper, I'm sure. Why don't you just go I'll get this stuff in and go ahead and get to work on it. And then don't trust me. I'll pay you cash later and, and we'll, we'll make it. Um, we'll make it good. Well, <laughs> when we when, the Moto Town policy and it's right there on the wall. When we're dealing with a bike that's of very high value to you, but it's lower value in terms of what Honda think it's worth. I am going to require a deposit of a thousand dollars from you just as a goodwill thing to get us moving on this. Yeah, no problem. I'll cut you a check right now. That sounds just Yeah, cut you a check right now. <laughs> yeah, one of those nice rubber ones. So, yeah, why don't you cut me a check for $1,000 and you get that engine ordered and then we'll do a breakdown of the engine when it comes in here and we'll get your bike running really, really well because it sounds to me like money's absolutely no object. And truthfully, as a memory of dear old dad, it's a perfect thing to remember him by. So Great. my recommendation is mortgage your house and then you can spend all that money on getting this Goldwing running just I, like brand new. Again. I totally will. And so I should have the parts in a week or two, but I'm also going on vacation. So if you wouldn't mind just keeping my Goldwing here. <laughs> no and problem. And I, I should be like maybe a month at most. And no problem at all. And, you know, we can just roll that $10 a day storage fee into the final bill because we've already decided money's no object for this and uh, you you have a second home don't you I'd, I'd mortgage that one as well what are you gonna be like that you long-haired peace-loving right, hippie right, right. type tree-hugging acid freak <laughs> i resemble that remark i've never been so insulated in all my life <laughs> All right, uh, let's try a new Oh, he was aggressive, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dear let's old dad taking mm. care of his gold wing. You know, he shouldn't have put car oil in it. That was dear old dad's mistake. I stole that Ooh. shit like the day before. I'm just trying to... <laughs> <laughs> so in this scenario, the bagel, this is going to be your turn. And All right. Bagel, you have a, uh, a Vespa 946. Ooh. Oh. Yes. Fancy, fancy. Which you... Um, were let's say uh you were bequeathed by a fabian uncle no let's say bequeathed on his uncle <laughs> let's say you had a little too much to drink and you were out riding mm -hmm. and you managed to try it in split lanes and ping-ponged off of a few cars oh dear and it's Ooh. even though it's 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 still running it's got a lot of scrapes and dents and dings and this is a really nice scooter by the way is it a justin mm -hmm. bieber one no, the, no, no. The, no the, do you this know is, the 946? Yeah, I know the 946. 
Yeah, yeah. really nice looking the bike. Chanel model. So, so it's just, it's all scratched up. <laughs> um, this is a very high-end Vespa. So you've brought it in, and Emma gave you a quote, and you said, whatever it takes to get it done. Now, Emma, you have done the repairs. <clears throat> yes. And now Bagel shows up, and Bagel... You now suddenly don't have any money to pay for this, but you need that scooter back because it's your only form of transportation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma, I'll let you decide how much that <coughs> bill is. So, Bagel, you've shown up. You want that scooter, but you're not going to pay for it. And Emma, he's he's owes you quite a bit. You ready? And go. <laughs> Okay. I have, um, to, I have to switch to wine for this one. Yes. So um, I hope there's a beat down. <laughs> it's, it's, it's lovely to see you, Mr. Bagel. As you can see, I have done a repair on your very, very exclusive Vespa 948. Um, make, Thank you. 946. Thank you. You inspect it. It's better than you. Um, here's the bill. It's $4,738.29, as we Ugh. discussed. Um, and... Um, you, I take all forms of payment. You can pay me cash, you can pay me check, or you can pay me with a credit card. Um, and that's a favor, really, I offer to my customers. As you know, the credit card companies charge me 3%, which on a big bill like this is a substantial sum of money. But as a very, very dear customer and quite a handsome one, I'm giving you that as a courtesy. And I pay you on Tuesday. You are very welcome to pay me on Tuesday, but of course, <coughs> you can't collect the bike. The bike's not going to oh. leave my workshop oh. until it is paid in full. This is a but, very expensive repair and but, a very exclusive bike. But 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 but, but I need the bike now. Um, like I, I need it now. I just don't have the money right now. Well, so the, uh, so I, I, I have it on Tuesday. With the can, can I just take the bike now and, and 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 I'll send you the bill like can I can I send you a check or or or, or come and 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 pay with my card on Tuesday oh, is that okay absolutely not I'm afraid you can't when you have when you take your bike to a motorcycle shop for repair we enter into a contract and just as you wouldn't expect to collect your bike without paying for it when you bought the bike in the first place, you can't expect to get it repaired without paying for it. So yes, yes, uh, of course, of the bike course. stays I know. with me until it's paid in full, and I am absolutely yes. firm on that. And and I and I completely understand. But but you know me, you know me, you know I'm good for it. I I I, I can I can pay you. You know I can pay you. I just can't do it right now. But I need. I need the bike right now. Can can we just like let it slide for a couple of days? Now look, I know that I know you very well, and just because I have seen you prancing up and down in front of that full-length mirror, wearing your sister's underwear, it doesn't mean I know about any of your financial situation. And the thing is, it's really not a matter of trust. If you were to leave here and some bonehead in a Ford Taurus were to knock you off your bike and put you in hospital through no fault of your own, I'm on the receiving end of a $4,000 bill. So I'm going to be absolutely adamant. The bike stays with me. Now, if you feel you're never going to be in a position to pay the bill, I'm happy to sell the bike on your behalf. Um, 
No, 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 no. I, I, I absolutely can pay for it. You, you know what? I have an, I have an, I have a deal for you. Okay. I, I have a hot tub that's on Facebook Marketplace right now for for six grand, and 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 I, I have someone coming to take a look at it tomorrow. But if if you want it, it's yours right now. We'll do it. Even Steven, four grand for the hot tub, four grand for the bike. We're we're clear. What do you say? Well, funnily <laughs> enough, I've been thinking about a hot tub. You know, my arthritis is very very oh. bad indeed. So I know. Um, yeah, so let me have a look at that ad. Oh, there it is. And you were actually advertising it for six grand. So my advice to you, Mr. Bagel, jump in your pickup truck, get that hot tub, bring it straight back to me right this minute, and I will release your Vespa to you. And you Miss know Emma, what? it is yours. And you know what? If you don't, I will slap a lean sail on that Vespa quicker than you can say 946 and scene and right. one of the that is one of the greatest advantages of working in a small <laughs> shop and you know gabe say the same thing it's you wheel and deal yeah and the truth is let's say i had a bike in with a three thousand dollar bill and somebody said hey man do you need a pickup truck, a piece of furniture. If it's equal to that and I want it, I'm dealing. I'm Do you dealing. need a bathroom remodel? <laughs> yeah. And, you yeah. know, my arthritis has been very, very bad. And what's better than making love in a hot tub? Mm. In all those mm. bubbles, mm. bubbles. This mm. really has arthritis. Mm. Bubbles. Um, yeah. I so, want... no, I, it's a deal. Six grand hot tub. <laughs> so, yeah, you go. I bring like me that my one. Well done. Bubble, bubble. Right. Cheers, bagel. <laughs> well done. Um, <laughs> Cheers, Miss <Minnesota. laughs> Emma. I wanted to get back to death of a bike and, and what can cause oh don't you have any more scenarios for no, no, no no oh fuck. what can cause the death of a bike so one of the i think the most common would be crash the right? two most common are crash or catastrophic mechanical failure which would be due to lack of maintenance there's a variety of reasons for it go back to my friend with the jigsaw that may have happened and I mean, you could say running your bike very, very low on gas and revving it to the red line while it is low on gas is being boneheaded. But it may be a scenario that he just didn't realize. So you could argue that it was neglectful. But the fact of the matter is, is if you are approaching red line and you run out of gas, the chances are you're going to seize the engine. What a comment on the carburetor huh. bikes. Well, and you could do the same on a car. Yeah. Any scenario where you've got three cylinders going, let's go, and one cylinder going, hang on, mate. Mm. And, you know. You can re you can result in an incredibly lean situation. Cylinder combustion chambers temperatures can go just skyrocket hmm. in a millisecond. And usually that ends up with melted rings, melted uh, piston crown. Mm -hmm. um valve problems whatever yeah, yeah. so catastrophic mechanical failures can happen they're not just as a result of maintenance but also add to that the defect what about a doohickey well on a klr so, yeah, yeah there's, there's a doohickey on the klr very very famously 2015 yamaha r1s had mm -hmm. massive transmission problems 
And if you ignored the recall on them, you know, yeah. here in America, we're very lucky because NHTSA, you know, the National Highway Institute for Highway Safety, usually are pretty on top of these things. But believe me, if you didn't get your R1 transmission fixed and on the road, they didn't tend to fail. But on the track, they did. I mean, second gear would come out through the bottom of the engine. And that could result in a total loss of your bike because suddenly you've got, you know, three quarts of oil where it shouldn't be. Yeah, all over your rear tire. On, yeah. on your rear tire. And you're on a track day. So that's going to end badly. So, and this is something I've often wondered because, you know, as the years go on, you realize there's certain bikes you used to see all the time that see, you see less and less. And I've always wondered, like, where do they go, right? They well, all disappear. So I wanted to talk about some more causes of, of of them. So we got the crash. Here's another one. Discontinued parts slash obsolete. Mm. Remember Adrian's mm-hmm. right. Husqvarna that was mm. only a few years old. Yeah. Um, now was that well, that bike wasn't dead per se, but she couldn't get new replacement parts. Same goes for Ooh. people say Victory or Buell, Buell like why yeah. you shouldn't get them because the parts mm. won't be available. And that right. can lead to the mm. death of a bike. So Let's yeah. talk a little bit about British bikes. Just so you know, we, we don't have that much time to talk. No, I know. We've got about 10 minutes to um, do this whole thing. But if we talk about British bikes, I've often bragged in the past. I said, you know, every single part for pretty much every British bike made since the Second World War you can get. And that's largely true. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, number one is... Most British bikes, and it was true when they were new, were owned, tended to own by more enthusiastic owners. You know, the British bikes, you know, the the squid kid from down the road, buy a Honda Super Dream um, or a Hawk or something like that. But if you were, like, really into bikes, you bought a BSA Starfire or a Barracuda, <clears throat> and then you graduated onto a Bonneville. So they always tended to be owned by enthusiasts. But... There is a commonality amongst parts, especially amongst chassis parts, that makes it very, very easy to make knockoff duplicate parts. Most British bikes, most British big bikes had the same front and rear rim. Most British bikes had the same front and rear hub. Most British bikes had the same forks and rear shocks. Once you get into the engine, yes, there were very fundamental differences between the engines, but they were similar enough. Yes, they all shared Amal carburetors. Yes, they all shared Lucas electric components, including the coils, blah, 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 blah. So this commonality amongst a great range that makes it very easy to look after parts. All British made, for the most part, British made Well, back in the day, of course, they were. Yeah. When did that kind of change? Um, early 70s. 70s, 80s, okay. Yeah, se- no, early 70s. Okay. By about mid-70s, it was, you know, um, you could argue, I would say probably the peak mm-hmm. of English manufacturing in terms of design and at-home manufacturing, 66, 67. How about chroming? When did that... Well, chroming, let me tell you something about chroming. Chroming in Britain was done to a British standard. When you bought something in Britain, there was something called the kite mark. And it it was the British standard kite mark. And the kite mark was basically saying, 
it had been done to a certain standard. Mm -hmm. So if if your mum bought an iron so she could wash, you know, flatten your knickers, it had a kite mark on it, and it said this is iron is made to British standard, you know, two three four dash whatever, which was the standard for irons, mm -hmm. which basically said it wasn't going to electrocute you or burn a hole through your knickers. And chroming had to be done to a British standard. So, no, you know, nickel, copper, chrome. And it was done to a good standard, which is why British chrome is actually very, very good indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, chroming went by the wayside because the British bike industry kind of declined in the 70s and cars stopped having chrome bolted onto them in the 70s at the same time, you know. Painted bumpers became a thing, so you know it, it's everything kind of, kind of changed. All right, I need to bring it back. Yeah. So, creating this again, this list of where, where why bikes die. Another one I came up with: um, age is out. Meaning there are a lot of mechanics. It gets to a certain age, right. they won't work on it. You can't mm. get it right. repaired, and if you don't know yeah. how to do it, that <coughs> is something that can be the death. Of a bike. Right. And so let's have a look at the situation in Monterey. So in Monterey, you've got the big dealer option, and they won't work on bikes that are older than 10 years. Right. So if your bike was made in 20, 2013 or older, guess who's working on it? Me. But not everybody's got the financial clout mm. to have me work on their bike. And not everybody has a, a mechanic, a shop available to them. Right. I'm the last, I'm the last independent in Monterey. I'm wow. the last independent in Monterey wow. with a couple of exceptions. You know, there's a couple of shops out there that are doing part-time stuff and this, but I'm pretty much it. So when I finally retire, unless there's somebody kind of up and coming right now, that's going to be it. And that same scenario is being played all over America right now and all over England and all over Europe. People are aging out. What did you notice about Gabe? He's not very handsome. Old. Yeah. Aside from his handsome. Oh, he was young. Very well young. kept. He was not young. You know? He's not. Now he said he's been a mechanic for like young. 20 years. Yeah. Hmm. So he's not like 21. There's very, very few young people in this industry. Everyone is aging out, and he's a lot younger yeah. than I am, but he's not a young man. And you you go into any bike shop, you're not seeing kids working on these things anymore. Sorry. Yeah, you're good. So another thing I realized where bikes disappear to, stolen and stripped. Yes. Oh. Yep. Just stolen. Yep. I mean, that's a pretty... Big problem in inner city areas. Oh, huge problem. Huge. A huge problem in England. Huge in England. <clears throat> Um, another one I thought of when somebody loves their bike to death and there are a lot of people who don't want to get rid of their bike, but they're no longer riding it. They've had kids, something's happened. Their life has changed. They just park it in the shed, park it in the garage, park it in the backyard. This is where I think a lot of bikes go, Emma. They right. don't want to let them go. And I, I get them. This is dad's bike now, or grandpa's bike. When you get a, yeah, when you get a, 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 a you know, a, a valuable bike that's a barn find, that will get resurrected someday. Do you think people are going to be resurrecting uh, uh, Viragos? No. Right? 
Uh, but does that mean that their current owners love them any less? No, of course not. I know, you know, a couple of couple of guys who just love their Viragos. A couple of my customers have yeah. got early Viragos, and they just think they're the greatest thing. So my question to you, who gets Rufus when I die? Uh, who should who should be the owner of Rufus when I die? Because right now I'm. Uh, it's going to go to iconic, uh, iconic bites. No, those guys are. They know what to do with it. They'll find they, the proper home. They'd find the proper owner. Yeah. But I'm really inclined of out of everyone I know, who would take care of Rufus like I take care of Rufus? No one. So I like the idea of oh, stuffing you two, putting you on the bike, and then a Viking funeral this out into another, Monterey Bay. This is another, another <laughs> death. Light the thing on fire. This is another death. The people who cannon. choose to be buried with their bikes. I think it's a horrible, horrible death of a bike. But there are people who are buried with their bikes. Which is, is, is horrible. Um, it's another way of loving it to death, I think. So I thought of another thing, another thing that destroys a bike that we have not yet mentioned. Can you think of it, Emma? Something that, comp- like, this is the death of a bike. In so many ways, it's the death of a bike. And it's not a crash. It's not um, lack of maintenance. It's, it's not stolen. It's not any of these things. Can you think of what it is? Rick, you can lack of registration. No nope. back fees, but yeah, that's when it, the cost to repair is more expensive. The cost Emma, to can register. You think, it. Can you think of something that can absolutely kill a bike, even though it's still sitting there in front of you? I'll say death of an owner. I oh, have bagel, an idea. You got it. You got it. Corrosion. Mm, ye- well, that would be a result. I was thinking of fire. Oh, I almost said that. Well, yeah. almost said fire. fire is, I think, a really hard one. That's a not uncommon thing yeah. that a bike is oh. in or near a fire. Yeah. And yeah. that is the thing that you can't you can't bring that back, right? I mean that no. metal. Well, been... Just hold on, hold on. Because I've had bikes on fire on my ramp. You've ridden them. No, well, but I'm talking about there's bikes on fire, fire and there's bikes in fires. I'm, right. Bikes in fires. And bikes that is a tragic in thing. Fires, because yes. Every, even though gone. all the metal is still there, well, the yeah, it's the, all been... The property of the metal yeah. has changed, yeah. and it's not yeah. trustworthy. And we've had people ask his, oh, I'm buying a frame that has been in a fire. Don't ride on that frame, because I, the property I, no. exactly. of the metal has changed. That, I think, be is... be a noodle. You know, we talk about the death of a bike, and, and bikes... Go well, to go to a junkyard, and we don't know. They may get bought by somebody restored. The right. parts may go to somebody. We were else just talking about keep another bike bikes. Going. What if a bike was in a flood? That was well, the death of a bike. We basically said because oh, yeah. all could, the silt but, gets yeah. everywhere. I think right? the ultimate death is fire. A bike on well, it's a pretty bitchin' in a That'll fire burst into flames. That is, is done. a cooler way is to done. go. Done, and that yeah, that is the ultimate. Death. Well, you know, there's there's that um, there's a viral video going around and um phil of <laughs> cleveland moto actually hey, sent phil. it hello phil he actually sent it to me yesterday of that um i think it's a heritage soft tail on fire uh, on oh, the curb in circles and then the starter, the starter relay melts yes. Have you guys and seen the starter this? engages and the thing's going round and round in circles <laughs> it's parked in on a street fire. on fire and it yeah, it melts the wire, crosses oh, the starter, wow. battery's still alive. So the thing starts scooting forward from the starter. It lurches to life and, and, and goes. And it's going in a circle because the kickstand Dude, is down. Dude, that is and cool. It's, 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 a real, 
Yeah. It's a real life ghost rider. It is a real ghost rider. So there you go. The, the death of the motorcycle is something that is hard for everybody. And it's something that, you know, again, I say it's a badge of honor. I have not been the death of a motorcycle. I've always managed to revive or maintain and pass on a bike. I take a lot of pride in that. And, and I, I have not only not killed a motorcycle, I have brought several motorcycles back from the dead or scooters. There you go. Where we're, yeah, where they were literally, you know, being auctioned off for parts, and I saw, you know, this is something that can be repaired, and I did it. Where's my fucking hot tub? <laughs> <laughs> I want mail. my hot tub. Oh my god! It's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so again, going back, preventative death of a motorcycle. Most yeah. common three most common things people aren't checking. Would it be? Oil, tires, and oh, oh, maybe stem bearings? What, something chain? Can, yeah, I oh, mean, chain. you know, chain. Yeah. A, a snap- chain will take out an engine case yeah, right there. Yeah. Chain. chain, I think you're right. Oil, yeah. chain, and no, tires. And like they were saying before, old gas, if you don't yeah. know how to work on bikes, yeah, it's, you, you know, old yeah. gas will do it. But number one is, yeah. is it, number one is oil. There is not a bike on the road that doesn't use oil. Yeah. Brand new ones use oil. It's a very, very small amount. Yep. The two I killed were engine and oil related. One was I did not use, I think, a crush washer yeah. on the DR350 because it has uh, oil in the frame. But you were crushed. I was very crushed. Yeah. Well, mostly I was skidding <laughs> down the road when it blew out and oil dumped all over <laughs> the place on Highway 1 in Monterey. Um, and that was a DR. And, uh, yeah, remember, we, we did the forensics on that one and you drew yeah. a sad penis on the box of parts <laughs> I walked home with. <laughs> and he called me a, a noob or something. I called you a knobhead. But the knob. And the other one was the KLX, uh, KLX250 yeah. that I dumped in that nasty-ass mud-fetted mud puddle in Hollister. Yeah, yeah. and the, the, you had water ingress in the engine. Because it had been modified, so it had an open air box. Open air box. Turns the oil to mm-hmm. mayonnaise. I well, wrote, but I wrote it out. That was the mistake. Cause yeah. To its credit, that fucker started in about 10 minutes. But it was noisy. Well, I wrote it out with like half water and half oil in the crankcase and that does not go well right exactly so yeah oil related so can we say that we've gotten the whole the death thing well i I hope so because (laughs) it's it's not it's not the greatest subject and you know it's uh i think i think it's something we needed to talk about (sighs) but i'm happy to move on to jollier things well, we've got. I'm some... thrilled about our new friend, Gabe. Yeah, I think yeah. motorcycles and Mr. Squire. Yeah, I think he's just I... great. I hope to meet his friends. We got time for a couple emails, Jim. Mm-hmm. You have the shortest one. I do have probably the shortest misfits I'd say that's email a little, ever. That's a little personal, but it, 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 it's a bit mysterious. Too. Do you have the yeah. shortest one, Jim? Oh, it's a wee, it's a wee willy winky. <laughs> it runs through the town. <laughs> the hog's eye. <laughs> the hog knob. Okay, <laughs> this is from Reese S. Hey, oh, wait, no, it's not. That's his email. It's from oh. Tyler from Charlottesville, oh, hey, Virginia. Tyler. Hey, Tyler. <laughs> Hello, Tyler. Hey, Ms. Fitz. I don't, I'm not sure I understand it, but tell me why. Tell me why. Honda decided to make the new Transalp a Versus by 300 clone. I don't see this. That makes no, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm trying to make sense of it. So, I, but the Transalps, the minimum, that's a 450, I think they make in Europe. Here it's a, do they, can you even get the 750 here? A Transalp well, seven versus because it's got a big front wheel. 
That's the X, right? Versus yeah. 300 X. Yes. I mean, they're both twins. Does it look like... Um, oh, maybe the... It, it may be that the Trends. profile. So, but I mean, the, I would argue that most adventure bikes have a very similar profile. Mm-hmm. You know, if if motorcycles were people, you know the um, I don't know. You know, the sport bikes would be the guys in tracksuits. Mm-hmm. You know, like cafe racers would kind of look like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the adventure bikes, you know, they kind of look like adventure kind of people mm-hmm. and they all have a similar profile um you know i think that i think the uh the transalps its own thing yeah i mean it has such a rich history you know and it predates Transalp. you know yeah and it predates the versus by like 30 years yeah, by like generations yeah yeah by generations both so, cool bikes though oh yeah um and you know it's funny the Freaking Versus 300 never sold. Is that an, what, what size front wheel is that of 18 inch front? 21. Wheel? 21 oh, so yeah. big yeah, the big 300 does? Yeah, it got oh, 21. What a cool adventure bike for some Easiest short clutch. Steam. The clutch felt like nothing. Huh. The clutch hmm. didn't even feel like it had a cable. It was that light. Interestingly enough, I was in a parking lot. Um, I ran into Jocelyn Snow there, right? Oh, okay. And did you hurt her? <laughs> yeah, did you mow her <laughs> no, down? No, 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 no. But we were uh, just chatting. And this bike kind of pulled up and parked not far from us. And we both looked at it. And we both kind of looked at each other. Neither of us knew what it was, but it was obviously an off-road bike. And we were both like, what was that? We're like, how how could neither of us know what this off-road bike was? And we had to go up, walk up and see what it was. And it was a 300X. And I just hadn't, I think, seen one in the wild. But we both like, is that a KTM? Was it, is that a, what, what is that? Was it gray or green? Uh, the, it might have been a gray one. Yeah, Is it three hundred? Didn't look it's very handsome bike. Kawasaki green. I would have noticed. Uh, so three, I just thought that was interesting. Single three hundred single. No, it's twin. Huh. Yeah, yeah, it's twin. It's got Ninja engine. Oh, it's got three hundred okay. Ninja engine. All right, Bagel, you have one there. Bagel. Yes, I have an email from Michael Pickford. Hey, Michael. Hey, Michael. And Michael writes, "Hello from Denver, Misfits." Hey. <clears throat> I was recently listening to your episode about how everyone should think about adding a scooter as their N plus one. And I haven't been able to shake the idea. I used to ride around town on a Honda ruckus as my introduction to two wheeled fun. Oh, that's a great thing. (laughs) But, but ended up selling it to fund the purchase of my first motorcycle five years ago, a 2013 Bonneville T 100. I've always had it in the back of my head to look at buying another one for around town trips, but never seriously considered it. That is until I heard your recent episode and wouldn't you know it, I came across someone in town looking to clear some space in their garage of a neglected Honda Metro for a case of beer. That's a deal. Wow. <laughs> now, I know there's no such thing as a free motorcycle slash scooter, but what about a Beer, beer, 99. beer 99 scooter. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a chance to dig into it yet, but my guess is that I'll need to drain the gas tank and inspect it. It's been sitting for two years. Exactly yeah. what Gabe said. Yeah. Buy a new battery and pull the carb for cleaning. Something I've never done before, but feel comfortable learning. Oh, you'll be fine. Are there any other must do items I should add to the, add to my list? And is there a proper order order to do them? Thanks for putting out such an enjoyable podcast week after week. Mike from Colorado. All right. So um, let me tell you about Honda Metros. They're just the most charming little thing. They are absolutely lovely. Um, 
So here's your list of things it, to do. Is it Honda Tough? It, they're kind of Honda Tough. They are made in China, which a lot of people are quite surprised about. But they're they're nicely done. Um, <coughs> you need to take the fuel cap off and look inside the fuel tank, and it's very very easy because the tank is very very shallow. It's like pancake, and it's where your yep. feet go. It's right down at the very bottom. So you need to get all the fuel out of the fuel tank. And it does actually have a fuel pump. And the fuel pump only pumps when the engine is running. It's one of the quirks of the electronics of it. So my advice to you is clean the carb, clean the tank, buy a very, very good battery, leave the air filter trunk off, spray something a little bit combustible in the carb mouth, get the bike running, and then allow the fuel to pump into the carb, and then everything will be hunky-dory. Um, not the fastest thing in the world. I hope it's a Metropolitan, not Metropolitan 2. A Metropolitan 2 is designed for, like, 75-pound Japanese girls to <laughs> ride around Tokyo at 25 <laughs> miles an hour. So it will be woefully slow. Um, yeah. Lovely little things, though. And, and, yeah, and, and other than that, check the tires. Make sure yeah, they're not exactly. too... Too out of date. Check the date code on the tires. Yeah. But I mean, it's basically it's a thirty mile an hour thing. So you know, yeah. you you can if the tires look okay and they're old, you can kind of let that slide a little bit. Is um, that forty nine cc's? It is indeed. Yep. Um, but just a darling little thing, and very much marketed towards women. You know, you could get them in the standard. They were predominantly white with very, very brightly colored panels on them. They did red. They did a very nice mm -hmm. blue. Bright yellow, which was a favorite of mine. But they came in very, very nice patterns. Like, I think they do it. did a Louis Vuitton one. Right. Um, and they did a Coach one. And just darling little thing. I would just recommend... Depending upon which color it is, it's a blue, red, as you said, is go out and get um, a pair of uh, matching flip flops in that color. Oh, that I is, would. That's really cute when you're flip flops match. <laughs> or a tutu. Your metropolitan. No, and I think I think a tutu, right. which you can keep under the seat. We have time for one more, and Emma, you have a very nice one. There. I do actually, and this is from Graham. And hey, the Graham. Me the message goes, "Hey, misfits, I just listened to half of podcast five twenty two on death." This morning on my commute into work here in sunny southern UK. I was really touched by some of the stories. Liza's bike club mate, Teddy, who died 10 years after his bad crash and obviously suffering with some connected anger problems. Emma's really hit home, though, almost literally. I'm a little younger, but I lived around Sutton Coalfield at about the same time. I bought my first bike, a Suzuki GP125, from around here, too, a couple of years later. I would have been a schoolboy when Emma and Ozzy were local bikers, but really felt for her during the telling of the story. And I wanted to apologize. I mean, that's a story I haven't talked about Ozzy in f 44 years. And it's not often I lose my biscuits, but it was very, very hard to talk about him. Ve and it's it still is. It's still as raw now. And... Back then, that was really my first dealing with death on that scale. Because, you know, your grandma dies and your grandpa dies and they're old and it's kind of, as hard as it is, it's kind of expected. 
but just have your mate there one day and now he's gone. It was very, very hard and still is. Um, so where were we? But really felt for her during the telling of the story. It was made more real by mentions of the A38 and Good Hope Hospital, all really well known by me from around that time. I expect Emma will have known the Bassett's Pole Roundabout too, which I used to go to a lot, um, where all the bikes used to meet. Yeah, that was a very... So the Bassett's Pole was an old truck stop from back in the day. So back in England in the very, very early 1960s, the freeways, the motorways hadn't been built yet. I think the M1 actually opened, which was the first one in 1959. So all the A roads which were the major thoroughfares, were frequented, frequented by truck drivers. And they all had these really cool, like, cafes where you go and you get, like, sausage and eggs. And, you know, um, the... Uh, um, Ace? No. Uh, uh, the... God, uh, oh, it, it, I've lost it. The, Sounds like... Rhymes with... What do you Ace think? Cafe. I said Ace, yes. Yeah, the Ace Cafe exactly <laughs> was one of them. Well, the Bassett's Pole was one of those back in the day. And it just became a great haunt. I think it was midweek, like a Wednesday night. All the bikers would show up there and show off and pull wheelies up and down the A38. So anyway, um, where all the bikes used to meet. We've all s suffered losses which float around in our heads sometimes. And now I'm in my later 50s. It's sometimes hard to look back. It is, isn't it? I just thought I'd get in touch and tell you all how much I appreciated this week's subject. A bit melancholy, but work for me. Choose something cheery next week, <laughs> damn it. Oh, bloody hell, we <laughs> fucked up there, didn't we? Thanks all, <laughs> give me the boons! Um, ever need a hand with logistics stuff? Support with coming to the UK, let me oh, know. Thanks. Can help, put people up, store a bike or two, etc. if needs be. Cheers, Graham. Uh, cheers. What, a lovely, what a lovely letter, Graham. And you know, it's the thing is with this is I've only ever regarded this podcast as like us in this room and Bagel. And so I'm sitting here and I've got, you know, three other lovely people in the room and I'm looking at Bagel and that's kind of how I treat it. And if anybody wants to listen to it, I think that's just lovely. Um, but you don't realize how far reaching this podcast mm. gets. And I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely tickled by the fact that Graham who not only knows all the places, but probably when me and Ozzy were riding together, you know, he was at grammar school or something, you know? Yeah. It's the same part of the world. The it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It really is. It's it's absolutely amazing to me. So thank you all for listening. I think you're all just lovely. So, Rick, what would you think? How do you like seeing the sausage made here? I thought it was cool. I thought it was fascinating. I love the room. Yeah, I was watching well, you look around. <laughs> I'm like on all these models. Yeah, well, I was going to say, Liza, as I told you, uh, is very much her father's daughter. And her father yeah. was an avid collector of many things. And you have picked up the baton, haven't you? Yes, welcome to my brain. This yeah, is what it's like. I see it. <laughs> well... It's that time to say big thanks. Thanks to Jim for sticking it out. I hung hours. in. Yeah. <laughs> hung I told Liza, I don't sit still anywhere no, for two man. hours. I, I try. I got more comfortable <laughs> chairs. You I did. I know. And I even, you didn't realize, I found candy on the floor and I tossed it to Jim and he ate it. 
I ate mine. I kind of regretted it. It was a gummy thing. You didn't tell me it was on the floor. <laughs> I don't. I think it'd been <laughs> so there a long time. Because it was like chewing on a pencil eraser. It's just like, oh, this oh, is not a no. gummy. It was a hard gummy. Mine was a hot tamale, <laughs> so it's kind of like it's got that astringent in there, so it's safe. Hey, man, I eat, well, fl- I eat floor candy. I know for a fact we haven't eaten hot tamales in here for at least three months, <laughs> so that's like Ooh. a quarter-year-old hot tamale. I've seen Liza drink a s- unknown soda out of the parking lot. I ain't afraid. Okay, let's wrap this shit up. I'm hungry now. <laughs> Big thank you to Gabe from Motorcycles and Misfits yeah, Garage. Cool. Yes. And a big thank you to everybody who listens. It really, it's, it, it means more than you probably realize. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, keep those emails coming in. We need yeah. some more questions. What do, you want, what do you want them to ask you, Emma? I want them to ask me anything. And my promise is if you send me a question about anything, I will answer it. Send us your questions. I, I like the tell me why's. Send us yeah, some more tell me why's are good because, you know, motorcycles can be a bit mysterious. Mm. Ooh. And hopefully I can get the ghost out. But I also want to know if somebody out there did kill a motorcycle, what did they do and what did they how'd learn you, from that? How'd has you it, kill it? Has anyone straight up shotgun, like 12-gauge uh. blast? Like, I'm so <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. I am just going to unload 12-gauge so of do, heat on this thing. I do know somebody who had an old bike that they had been working on that used to be their bike that they were working on here at the garage years ago, and they just were getting so frustrated with it. And he lost his temper, and he took out a hammer and just started hammering the, the, the fins off and then just drove it up and t- threw it off a mountain. Cool. Took it up into the hills here. So that's a whole nother death, but I am I was always just kind of shocked by that behavior. So there you go. Yeah, but let us a know. A little unnecessary. If you've killed a bike, how how you did it and what you learned. Um, big thanks to our Patreon subscribers. Keep it coming. I can't tell you yet, but I did spend some Patreon money uh, today on something I think is very good that we'll be revealing shortly. Right, Emma? Oh, absolutely. We're revealing that very shortly. Um, Big thanks, everyone. I think we're ready to get out of of here. Go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. I still got some T-shirts left. I've sold out of a bunch of sizes because they are, you know, once once it's gone, it is gone. Go get your T-shirts while they are still there. Um, I think that's it. Thank you, everybody. This is Liza. Emma Darling. Rick the Visitor. <laughs> Naked Jim, son. Mm, bagel. And we are out of here. Taco. Cool, cool. cool.